0: This episode features Bitcoin educator and entrepreneur, Stash.
1: Whatever you're interested in, go find the community that surrounds that thing. Jump in that community, start talking, start making
0: friends. Hello crypto art world and welcome to the Outer Realm, the Second Realm Studio Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Paul Rhodes, a former experienced designer turned crypto artist. And each week we'll talk to artists and professionals in the crypto art space. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I'll let the show begin. My guest today is Stash and we talk about everything from being an architectural designer to the impact that the 2008 financial crash had on him and his role as an educator in the crypto community. Also, just a quick reminder that we're an ad-free podcast and the way that we get support is from listeners like you. If you find any of this content useful, please take a screenshot of the episode and text it to one friend who you think would enjoy it. Thank you. All right, so I'm here with Stash, he is uh, an entrepreneur. He does Bitcoin education. So what I really wanna do is sort of get into a little bit about who you are. Uh, how you became the person you are today um tell me a little bit about what like you know teenage stash would think about uh stash today
1: wait you, wait you don't have the way back uh, music for this like when we have to go is that not part of it like i thought that's how we did this no I could do that. Uh, yeah.
0: I could. I'll put that in post production.
1: All right, there. Perfect. Yes. Cue the music, and then we'll go right into it. All right. So got many moons ago, back when I was a, an adolescent teen, well before this stash was, growing up, um, yeah. You know, really, I think that uh, it, it did kind of start when I was in my teens, uh, early teens. I was interested in computers early on. My grandfather was kind of the person who got me into computers. <clears throat> jumped on this old 386, you know, smashing it around, uh, taking it apart, putting it back together, getting tossed from AOL, uh, you know, all the fun things that you did back in the day when you still had dial-up modems, you know, that, that fun stuff. And so, uh, you know, I kind of got started with that. And, and then quickly, I moved into like, you know, learning how to code HTML. Uh, I was about 15, uh, 16 something like that 16 and that's when I really started uh, you know getting into that on, and I, I was very interested in that and I you know created some of my first websites and you know, the very first website I ever created was just a fun website it was called hip it was hiphopclothing.com that was the website and uh, I it was literally just pictures of like sweet ass hip-hop clothes that I liked back in the you know so back in the day I was really into hip-hop at the time and uh so we're talking
0: like uh crisscross kind of
1: hip-hop clothing yeah yeah like boss fubu all you know all this kind of stuff so back in the day yeah so so that's kind of what and it was literally just photos of these things and like but it was well organized categories and things and i did it you know just as kind of just messing around you know It, it even had complete with uh spinning 3d gif logo that was i mean come on so I mean, it was that was high-end. It was, yeah, ba- ba- H-M. back in the 90s, <laughs> yeah, right, back in, like, the mid-90s, uh, and so uh, I, I, that's, that website sat there for, I, I got, I got finished with it, I was like, all right, I'm doing whatever, I just kind of let it sit there, and uh, lo and behold, I checked the email box, maybe like a year and a half later or something, and I had gotten all these offers from people saying, hey, we want to put our clothes, we want, we want to sell them on your website we want to put, we want to advertise on your website. And I was like, well, that's, that's crazy, you know? And I, I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't touched it in that long, you know, but I'm like 16. And so I didn't really like follow up on any of these things, you know, it wasn't the top of my list, but that was really, I think kind of where the journey started uh, with me being an entrepreneur, being really interested in internet, you know, technologies and development. And so, you know, jumping now forward to modern day stash, uh, uh adolescent stash there was no stash it was like a little bit of like it was like peach fuzz some peach fuzz and that's all i had but modern days stash uh runs a small web development company uh here where i live locally in california and uh i, I do that by day and bitcoin by night bitcoin Avenged how, by how night. long
0: have you been running the uh the web development agency
1: uh over a decade over a decade now. Yeah, I, I, actually, um, I actually went to school for architectural uh, design and I did that for about 10 years or over 10 years almost. And uh, 2008 was kind of when that all went downhill. I was, I was doing along really well in that industry and it just got hit really hard. I got laid off, was laid off for two years, you know, had to kind of, you know, rely on some of these auxiliary skills, which were my coding and design skills. You know, I'm self-taught coder, self-taught design, Uh, So, you know, I've I've learned how to do Photoshop, Adobe, you know, all that stuff. And then on the coding side, you know, uh, you know, moving into obviously away from uh, HTML into CSS and modern day technologies, PHP, JavaScript, things like that. So what does uh,
0: an architectural designer do?
1: Uh, Design architectural type things. So I was I was working on uh, commercial stuff. So uh, when I was working in the industry, the last stuff I was working on was a casino in Macau, China. And then a Hyatt, a Hyatt Resort in, in Cabo San Lucas. Those are the two projects that I was on. Uh, so it was a pretty high-end design firm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I had, been, I had gone to school for that. That's why I had put all my, put all my marbles into that basket. But uh, yeah, that 2008 crash, the same thing that birthed Bitcoin you know, which is kind of crazy, had a major impact on my life. And so I I then created kind of this web design firm, it wasn't really, you know, that that's what I wanted to do. But I had the skill, I could make some money doing it. And then yeah, we just kind of snowballed as that. And so I've been an entrepreneur in re- other respects, you know, before then, it wasn't my first business, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely had become my, my main thing since then. So
0: Was it sort of like, um was the idea for it to be something sort of a temporary solution until you went back into uh, architectural design?
1: Yeah, or, okay. I, I mean, that's kind of where it was at. You know, I had done some other odd jobs here and there during that that period, but it was kind of like, well, this is one of them. And then I started getting more and more requests and I still wasn't finding anything in the architectural world. You know, I, I had a pretty good resume in that in that industry Uh, So, you know, I was very highly sought after before all that stuff, which was kind of crazy. I was, it was, I was, to be perfectly honest, I was like the peak of being sought after in my industry, which is very weird to go from that peak of like having recruiters, headhunters, calling me at my office where I was working currently, like at my desk, being like, hey, uh, so we got this job for him. I'm, like, I'm not listed on any of these forms. Where are you finding my info? And they're like, well, we got this job though. So, and you know, and it, it, it kind of seemed a little shady at some times where I'm like answering this stuff at my work phone. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, it, yeah, quickly went downhill uh, in, in a very, very short time. So uh, yeah, I, I did pivot. And and now, I, yeah, I've been running that this web development coming here for about 10 years, a little over 10 years and trying to get more into blockchain stuff. But uh, the crypto stuff, uh, I didn't get into to Bitcoin until about 2013, so it all you know crypto and Bitcoin kind of took hold around you know because of this this financial crisis that also crushed on me, and uh, but I didn't find it until about 2013, so into 2013 is so when I really got into Bitcoin.
0: So you had about like eight years between uh, five years between sort of the crash, uh, mm-hmm. moving out of the uh, your 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 architectural industry, and then into this Bitcoin space. What was what was sort of like the emotional impact of the crash on you and how did that, um, like, how, how does, how did that affect who you, who you became today?
1: Yeah. Uh, so do you know that emoji with the big crying and then the puddle at the bottom? That was me. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, man. Yeah. I, it, it was a huge blow. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I had been doing that since high school. Uh, architecture was something I'd always wanted to do it was like you know I'm focused this is what I'm doing and I was doing well in the industry and uh, you know even though I was very interested in business and in entrepreneurship I had had you know my first business was actually this DUI shuttle bus that I tried to to get going and it ultimately didn't didn't work out but uh, (laughs) you know and then I've done other ones successfully but yeah so so uh it, it, it just turns out that uh, that's kind of how things uh, ended up. And emotionally, yeah, I mean, definitely it wrecks you, man, when, when you have put that much time and dedication into something. And then it's kind of like, ah, it's out of my control. Like, this is one of those things where they say, oh, it's a special event in life where, you know, and you have to deal with these things as time goes, you know, otherwise I was doing it incredibly well. <laughs> so it, it, it was hard. It was hard, man. Uh, it was hard to get back on my feet, but uh, it, it, it took a while, uh, you know, it wasn't immediate. You know, this is not like a, oh, man, I bounce back like that stashes, you know, it took a good long time. And actually in that interim, um, in 2013, not only did I find Bitcoin, but that was actually the first year of the music festival that I produced as well. So I, I did that for five years in that interim, too. And kind of in that time is, is when things kind of really started to shift for me. So
0: where do you sort of like get your creative inspiration from to do? things like the DUI shuttle bus or produce the music festival where does that come from
1: um I mean you know it just I have these innate desires and these crazy dreams man they come to me in the sleep I wake up I'm like oh shit I gotta do this uh, no I, I mean sometimes actually that's how it works but not <laughs> not all the time uh, I, well, with the music, everything is kind of always different. I, I just have a lot of things that I'm interested in, I guess is what it comes down to. you know, most people in life and humans in general speci- uh, like we're, we're very um, we're very geared now. Society is very much geared towards specificity, right? So we, everything we do, the systems we put ourselves in, from you know toddler on, it's it's all really about you know specificity in the end which is funny, because we go through a lot of general education for the, you know, greater half of our life, but in general, but when you get out into this workforce, it always comes down to specificity, like you want something specific. So you're doing a specific job, I do this one thing really, really well. And uh, I try and do that, you know, I try to be the guy that does the one thing really, really well, Uh, I can't focus, it's really hard for me to focus on just one thing. So I do, I have my hand in a lot of different things. I've always kind of been like that, even though recently, I've tried to, you know, scale back a little bit, but Uh, Yeah, I I think that all these things kind of just come from some of my passions. So I, you know, I've been a musician my entire life. And uh, I, you know, I just kind of got into music production as being a musician and it kind of snowballed and I've been doing that for a very long time. And I, I, like I said, this, this festival that I had produced for about five years was about 6,000 people, 5,000 people music event uh, in my city and uh, it was a lot of fun, but didn't make a lot of money. And that was a big eye opener, you know, as far as business ventures go, you know, I, I, I just couldn't get to that level where it was like, you know, bringing the cash cow in. Uh, so, so yeah, that the DUI party busting, I mean, I was just, that was a college thing. I was, I was in college. It was one of my first businesses that I tried. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I saw, uh, you know, in general, you know, entrepreneurs really the main thing and how I pr- approach is you see a problem, and try and provide some sort of creative solution for that problem that, that uh, you know, enriches people's lives or experience. Right. And so that's kind of what that was trying to do, saying, hey, we're we seeing seeing a problem. You know, uh, kids should be able to uh, jump on this shuttle that can go from these three spots that are popular in my, my town back to the dorms and uh, not have to worry about uh, having issues and then, because this was before uber man this was before uber and like lyft you know what i'm saying so this was not like oh yeah well shit you can just call an uber now man i mean who, who cares you get home safe all the time like not a big deal you know and but this was supposed to be a fun thing so it was, a, it was a you know kind of a party bus type of thing so
0: so what you were missing was the app that they could just call the party bus from their phone apparently <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
1: yeah, yeah exactly so yeah, I don't know, you know, so the creative part of me is always there, you know, I've, I've always been a creator in many different respects across multiple different mediums, um, you know, working with physical mediums, so whether it's doing, you know, drawing, painting, sculpting, crafting, uh, you know, to Halloween, custom Halloween decorations I do every year that are crazy, uh, to, you know, all other kinds of, so, so, you know, the creative side of things is definitely where I reside.
0: So you're multidimensional creative. It's, you know, you've got businesses, you've got hobbies, you've got projects. How do you yeah. find the time wow. to balance all of this? I And let me, let me preface this with saying I have ADD. So for me, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm in multiple projects because that's how my brain works. Mm. Uh, but sometimes it just gets so overwhelming uh, that I have to just back off stuff. Yeah, I'm curious how you, you know, what do you do? What are tools you use to manage all of these, you know, opportunities.
1: Yeah, it, it's hard. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's definitely hard to juggle all the things I like doing, you know, and that's why I, I said, you know, recently, I've really tried to refocus on things, say, Okay, why am I doing these things? Why am I doing this? What is the what is the real focus and purpose long term and short term? Right? Look at those things and then keep reevaluating. Uh, but it, it, it that's, that's, the, that's the way I kind of go about it in a, a greater way but you know google calendar <laughs> you know definitely keeps me organized like crazy uh, i would be nowhere without that thing and uh, you know actually I'm, I'm at a point where i need an assistant so if you have there's great assistants out there they're like i want to be your assistant stash hit me up <laughs> but i'm gonna hire an assistant here too soon uh, pretty soon it's it just yeah i'm getting to a point where like i do have too many things that i'm i'm really you know interested in working on and focused on and uh, you know actually i just put out a call for hiring people uh, early today uh, from within the crypto community, usually for my business, I do it on Indeed and stuff like that. But trying to find people in the communities also uh, is, is really I, I enjoy working with people within the crypto community on the crypto type projects. So.
0: What is it about that that that's most enjoyable for you?
1: Well, the community is a big part of why I'm in crypto still and why I'm doing what I do, you know. I uh, first found Bitcoin in 2013 and then bought it in like uh, January, February of 2014. And then we had that big Mt. Gox crash. And I was like, dang, ah, stash stash. I mean, that wasn't a good idea. Actually, I didn't call myself stash at that point because that was not even created then. <laughs> but I'm like, Shay, damn it, that was not a good idea. I was like, eh, I'll just hodl on. I, I was going to do it anyways and i just left it there and but then 2016 i kind of came back around to it and that is when um i started like really getting into it i was talking to my friends about it and they're like we we don't care about this what are you talking about you know they're all artists and like musicians and they're not really financially focused you know and i was becoming a lot more financially focused uh, you know and uh, people got tired of it so I was like all right I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do like a little choonsy like a little blog you know I'm just gonna do a little blog off the side of here and it's just something I can put my own thoughts down of what I'm kind of working on and doing and I did that in 2017 the beginning of the year and and it just blew up you know it blew up and I, I you know I had it just around I had, it started getting going months before we had this big bull run in 2017 so I had about a six month or five month head start and I started writing articles and people were like asking me things I was like hey these are my friends and you know, and then it kind of just, you know, like it snowball from there. And so I really just started on my website. I wasn't on social, I wasn't doing YouTube. Uh I, I didn't even get my Twitter, I don't think, until the end of that year. Same thing with like a YouTube. I didn't, you know, I was just really writing in this website as as a as a kind of an outlet, creative outlet, you know. And, and I could tell my friends, hey, go look at the website, man, the crypto stash. They thought it was funny. So
0: crypto stash, so you heard yeah. cryptostash.com, right? Mm-hmm. And your cryptostash on all your all your other all the uh, things. Yep. All the things. Where, wherever
1: you guys are gonna be at, <laughs> that's where I'm, I'm gonna be at too. And it's at Cryptostash. <laughs> Except for on Twitch. So some bastard stole my my username on Twitch. So uh, other than that, I got them all.
0: Yeah, unfortunately I didn't get all of mine. Uh you know, like on Instagram, it's just secondrealm.art, which yeah. isn't bad, but it's it's not second realm. Same thing with Gmail, but whatever. (laughs) I've been second realm in my own head since I'm 12 years old. So that has been with me for a long time, but I didn't make the appropriate uh, like moves digitally to grab everything.
1: Right. Right. You know, it's funny. I I was just talking to my daughter about that because she's 10 and she's like, really, she loves gaming and she wanted to get into streaming and stuff. And I said, well, you know, you really gotta like like lock in what your username is gonna be, and then just get that everywhere, and that's what everyone knows you by, you know. And 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 you know, that's a good thing to do. And you know, that's something I never really thought about that as a kid. Man, those are things that nobody thought about really. I mean, nowadays it's a big thing, you know. These usernames on and platforms, some of them can go for big top dollars, you know. You got certain usernames on platforms like Twitter, or Instagram, and and you could be selling those for top dollars. So,
0: yeah, and big technically, business. you're not supposed to be able to sell Twitter. Uh, I mean. I work there, and, and I say technically, like I know the back end, but they also do a lot of like working with people to transfer names, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's that's how it goes. There's always going to be whenever whenever some, some some sort of sort of system says, "Hey, we know you want to do this, a bunch of you, but we don't want you to do this, so don't do it."
0: <laughs>
1: You're like, "All right." You know, and that's what, that's been going on in gaming for a long time. You know, I'm a big gamer, and that's where most of my crypto content is kind of focused these days. NFTs uh, is my big focus and gaming. And, you know, that's something that I love about that whole paradigm shift in that industry is that, you know, before it's like, no, you can't sell things from the game. What are you Don't do that. That's against the rules. We'll toss you, and you're out. And now in crypto, it's like, yeah, hey, we have a marketplace. And you can sell this stuff, and it goes to your own wallet. It's off of our servers, and you can trade it around, and sell it for real world value. And I'm like, your, I'm sold, you know? So I've been a big champion of play to earn and blockchain gaming since about 2018. Uh, I have a, a streaming show about it. It's like that too. And so it's just crazy to see the, the, those shifts, you know, uh, in, in different industries that, that blockchain and crypto are kind of bringing about here.
0: Before we get into NFTs, I'm curious about branding uh, from your perspective. Was branding something that, um, obviously Crypto Stash is a brand, Is that something that sort of happened organically in your understanding of branding? Or was that built on sort of like your history as an entrepreneur? Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, just more um, my experience with branding. You know, it's one of the things that uh, my company does. And obviously, something that I've I've been involved with, I've started tons of, you know, little businesses, little things here and there, you know, creating logos, branding things. Uh, You know, I've been really good at being able to make uh, something look very professional, like, oh, man, this is a company run by tons of people. And it's just me you know <laughs> most of the time uh but yeah that's that's really where it came from uh the actual name it was kind of organic you know when i did come up with the name i did some research and i was like well what's going on with crypto like what's going on? and I, I you know i perused and that's kind of my, was my first real interaction with crypto twitter at that time because i saw like oh all these people on twitter are calling themselves crypto something Because it wasn't that big of a crypto Twitter in like February of 2017, you know, uh, there just wasn't. And and so, uh, not that there weren't people, but it just wasn't as big as as after that run. And so I saw a lot of people doing that and I was like, well, you know, what, what can I really run with? What's a good branding? And the mustache was something that was just already there from from previous exploits. And, <laughs> you know, and so uh, I, you know, I kind of ran with it. I was like, yeah, I want to build this personal brand around this. Uh, and really, w- which is funny you asked about that. Interesting is that, you know, I spent a lot of time building these kind of corporate type brands where there are brands revolving around a corporate name or ideal, never around myself as a person. And this was really my first go at doing that. It's like saying, Hey, this is me as a brand name or, you know, something that I can attach uh, to myself as a person. And uh, so far, you know, you know it's been okay i I enjoy it i mean really like i said the reason why i'm here is the community i love being able to you know talk about things learn with people grow together in the community create cool things nfts and 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 fun stuff and and and, uh yeah and, and that's kind of what i'm all about so
0: what's the biggest difference in your opinion between like a corporate brand and this personal brand
1: well, I mean, you got to look at uh, you know corporate brand is something that is very fluid. It doesn't really matter who necessarily is behind it. I mean, obviously that will affect it if there's something negative. But you know, uh, you know, it's definitely it's 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 this umbrella uh, umbrella identity, right, for something for conglomerate of people and ideas and and intention. But uh, you know, a personal brand is tied to somebody. It's tied to my face. You know what I'm saying? As much as Tesla, everyone knows Elon Musk. I mean you know the brand name is really like tesla it's the t they know it they see the car they think elon musk obviously because he's the you know he's tied to it but you uh, know having a personal brand like that you know um, it, it's something that um, i think resonates with modern day audiences you see a lot of influencer marketing these days and people you know kind of attach themselves to those things you know they they like that kind of you know individual branding style uh, something that can kind of define you or, or in your within your industry or not you know And uh, something as simple as just a sweet, sweet sweet-ass mustache did the trick.
0: So the reason I asked uh, asked this question is most of my audience right now are artists in Mm -hmm. crypto art space. And there are a lot of questions about, okay, buddy, I know, relax. There are a lot of questions about, to me, about marketing and about branding. And so I think it'd be really valuable for them. Excuse me one second. (laughs)
1: he's excited about he's excited about nfts i think i think somebody's out
0: there and he's like this is is how we do it on the uh on the out of realm podcast Uh, anyway so what i was getting at was the the reason I asked is because I think some of my art audience will appreciate some of that perspective. Right. But so let's, uh, let's talk about some NFTs. What are you doing in the NFT space right now?
1: Yeah. Uh, NFTs, man. I mean, it's, it's the next hot thing. It's the next, uh, you know, thing that's on fire. Um, and I, I've always been, I, like, I always knew that was going to be that I've been in, in the NFTs, like since really they kind of exploded onto the scene in 2017, you know, CryptoKitties was really kind of the push there, but there were some other ones that were going on before that I wasn't like too big into them. I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? And then the explosion with CryptoKitties really put my eye. I was like, wow, this is something that can, you know, really be, uh, you know, interesting and be expanded in a lot of different ways. And so, um, you know, I, I had already been, um, you know, a part of the engine community and a part of the WAX community, some popular, you know, NFT type of uh, base communities. And so... Uh, yeah, I just started working on a- NFTs, but what I'm doing right now, uh, since I've been working on those stuff for the last couple of years is, yeah, just same stuff. I've been trying to promote it. So I have um, uh, a- an NFT live show, live stream that I do with Ken Bozak. I don't know if you know Ken Bozak, but uh, other fellow uh, friend and crypto creator in the space. And we talk about NFTs uh, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on Theta, which is where I do all my streaming exclusively. I don't, I don't stream anymore on anything else but Theta and um and so that's one of the big NFT things i do and then on on tuesdays on thursdays i do a blockchain gaming show where i talk explicit, explicitly about you know blockchain gaming nfts in the space how that all, all works why gamers might want to be interested in you know, uh, you know this technology and how the you know how owning these nfts uh is, is really owning the items from your game and so i focus on those two things uh, each week and, uh, you know, do videos and stuff in between, but uh, I'm also dropping new NFT collections on WAX. Uh, here, I just did the very first one yesterday. I dropped it as a, a promo, so I, I, I dropped a bunch of free ones uh, to a bunch of people, and the collection uh, is dropping here later this, uh, this week here on WAX. It's uh, my latest one, but I've also done stuff on, on Engine, so uh, ERC1155 collectibles, a bunch on that platform. And also have a, uh, a cool art collection that I've done uh, on Rarible. So I have a really cool collection there. It's called, it's like the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like a, a cult classic film uh, set of six different uh, designs that I did. And these were actually old designs. I didn't do these recently. These are designs I did quite a long time ago. And I actually printed a lot of these in like large size, in gigantic canvas size. Uh, back in the day and so I decided to to mint these and do some limited uh, editions of those so it's pretty cool they're like uh, Big Lebowski and like Reservoir Dogs and Kill Bill some like cult class some of my favorite cult classics Clockwork Orange.
0: That's really cool so you not only are you sort of like an educator in the space you're an artist and creator as well Uh, do you collect?
1: Oh of course I mean come on I could I could be creating and not collecting I mean I have tons of NFTs, man. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I I love to, I work with a lot of the companies. So NFT creators, uh, you know, on WAX, on Ethereum. I work with a lot of games. And so, yeah, you know, I'm not only giving away those assets, but I'm also collecting myself. So a lot of times I'll be like, yeah, sure, we'll do this. And they'll give me assets uh, for in exchange for some marketing, things like that. You know, so I'm like, I'll work for assets. Sure. I love your game or whatever, you know, or I'll play your game so so yeah i mean I have, I have a massive collection of nfts um you know i the one the one real regret that i have actually no i'm sorry there are multiple regrets when it comes to what nfts i do and don't own at this point but i will say i will say okay many many regrets but i will say uh with nfts uh, i do regret not getting uh, an art collection going sooner um you know i was friend I, i'm friends with some some of these ogs in the art scene like uh uh, Lucia Poletti, who, who, you know, before he even was in that brand was, you know, he's my buddy. I've known him uh, before he created that brand. And uh, Coldy, who I've known before he was, he, we even knew anything about crypto. I knew Coldy, man, uh, from back in the day. And then like Josie, I met right, right when, you know, things were kind of getting started in the crypto art scene and a bunch of others too. And uh, I was, I just, I wasn't collecting it. I was just like, oh yeah, this is cool. And I just wasn't really grabbing anything at the time. And, you know, I, 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 I regret that to the maximum amongst other things. But that was one I had a lot of really good opportunity for. And I, I just kind of slept on it, you know, there's, there's, but there's so much opportunity. It's hard, man.
0: It's, I was just talking to one of my friends, uh, Colin uh, just did a podcast with him and we we're talking about how just in the last year and a half, the space NFT in general, the space has blown up. Yeah. And there are things that I just don't have time to focus on and I want to, uh, but I'm an artist. I'm a, not only, am I, you know, I'm a content creator. So I'm here like focused on marketing my own stuff. Yeah. Um, also like in this hyper niche, 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 um, art, artist space, who, so in this artist space that I'm in, who are you sort of like peeping at right now? Are you collecting anybody specifically or are you just sort of watching?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I collect a few pieces here and there, but to be honest, I'm really, I, I haven't really jumped into collecting big time in the space. And the, the reason why I've supported some friends like that and bought a couple pieces, but I feel like I kind of missed the boat a little bit on some of these things. And now it's like, it's high dollar, man. You know, things are going for 10, 50, 20, 30,000. And it's just a little bit too, too rich for my blood. And you know, these things are, they're having great turnaround. You know, when you talk about uh, price appreciation uh, for, for these NFTs and, and art pieces out there. Uh, but I, I just, I don't, I don't have the, you know, you really have to have a plan with these NFTs and know how to manage them, what you're doing. And, and like I said, there's so many things going on. I, I prefer to be more in the collectibles gaming side of it, I guess, is really what it comes down to. Because that's really what I, like, when it started tearing me when I realized like, oh man, I missed this opportunity, really collecting some of this really great art early on and being able to, you know, lock in some great profits with it. Now everything's just super expensive and overpriced. And, you know, it's so saturated. There's so many artists out there now that are trying to get their collections out there and people are trying to sell things. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's hard to stand out. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Knowing how to brand yourself, how to get out there, where to go, what to, who to talk with. I'm actually something that I haven't talked about. And this is a, I'll tell you right now, this is kind of exclusive. I'm actually helping one of my friends here locally where I live uh, to get his stuff uh, online and get it into a digital format like this so he can start doing NFTs. He's an amazing artist. Uh, he's done uh, you know, some big commercial applications, worked for some big companies like Whole Foods, Starbucks, things like that. He, he does murals and things, uh, but his artwork is very unique. And so I'm um, gonna help try and get him into the space as well here uh, with, with NFTs. But yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to do, man. It's, it's a hard it thing is. to manage.
0: It certainly is. And I'm curious what your thoughts on, it, with that perspective of helping your friend here, uh, move into the NFT space, e- Ethereum and the Ethereum ne- network is clearly where the money is. But you have all of these alt-chain opportunities like NFT mm. showroom on Hive. Uh, you saw Mintbase move to Near Protocol. Um, Ghost Chain, uh, Phantasma Chain has Ghost Market. There's a whole bunch of them out there. You yeah. know, are you are you... Are you guiding him towards the Ethereum network, or are you saying, "Hey, check out some other other chains as well"?
1: Uh, I think for his level, I think Ethereum makes sense. And so when I say that, I mean he's a well-established artist already with a, a history in you know in art. Not like, hey, I just do online stuff. Like he, he you know, people know he's well. He, he's I wouldn't say he's renowned, but he's got some notoriety, right? And um, that would be the reason why we go that route. And and really, if you're really kind of trying to approach this as an artist that that's where you want to start just like if you don't know anything about bitcoin i always suggest i mean you start with bitcoin don't don't go buy xrp come on man i mean don't buy xrp regardless personal opinion but don't go buy. you know like start start at the beginning get a little bit of feet wet and then move on don't dive into some shit coin first headlong you know and not re- really know what's going on and uh you know then then, then regret it later you, you'll learn a little bit easier if, if you kind of start there from the beginning so I would say that's kind of the same thing with art. You know, that's really where the whole art movement has begun. That's where the biggest marketplaces are at. That's where the big money is moving things. Uh, The opportunity for like next gen, if you really want to get on that next like bottom floor opportunity is on these secondary markets. You're mentioning things like that. So uh, places like Wax, places like Phantasma, uh, places like Binance Smart Chain. Uh, There's a couple of others that are just starting to get NFTs as well that I think uh, could actually really take off. And so those are the kind of uh, next gen networks that I'm looking towards. To to me, for me personally, I'm not a well established. I don't. I don't. You know, I'm not a well established artist. I'm not going to be putting out the same kind of volume that some of these other ones are doing. You know, my stuff revolves more around, uh, you know, some of the fun stuff I'm doing with with NFTs and gaming, uh, more as it being like, hey, here's a really you know sweet art piece you want to put up in your you know, mantle or your digital display in your house, you know. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's kind of where I, I would say that, that 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 would be the route, you know.
0: The, uh, I think one of the benefits of starting out when I did, first of all, gas was like five cents to fifteen cents to mint a right. piece, yeah. you know, so that it wasn't a big financial uh, investment on my end, and if you sold a piece for a hundred dollars, you were a big, that was a big deal.
1: Yeah, I know, you know. know. Uh, and Coldy, that was only like remember, a year and a half ago, man. A year and a <laughs> half ago, you know?
0: I remember Coldy and like Xcopy getting excited about yes. selling pieces for hundred, yeah. dollars, and uh, you know, being an early, early even earlier adopter, uh, they were earlier adopters than I was, but I was still able to get in sort of early on. But now mm-hmm. I, I do coach, the unestablished artists to go and check out other chains. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. Sort of get your get your beak wet. Um, and then, you know, if you're if you're good enough, uh, some people might come calling to you or you'll be building the following the way we always did on Twitter, because Twitter yes. is the crypto art town hall. I mean, yeah. it's where everything happens.
1: Right. And, and so that's I mean, that's a great step for them. And I think that's solid advice. You know, you start if you're really coming come into this new and you're not a well-established artist, you can go to these other smaller chains like Wax Mint for free. Sell your stuff for for you know for free. Also, no transactions for selling, right? Same thing for and so uh, same thing as some of these other chains where you can go and experiment there, build a following, and then yeah, I mean once you get to the point like hey maybe I should be doing something on, on Ethereum or maybe I uh, apply to you know SuperRare or Nifty Gateway and they accept me because now I've hit this level. Uh, I think that's that, that makes a lot of sense. And then personally, that's what I'm doing. I mean I'm uh, you know I've done some stuff on Ethereum. I mean, I would, dude, I was minting on Ethereum before there was any of this stuff, dude. Uh, you know, and, and I, I I couldn't, I wasn't selling the same kind of volumes because it was all kind of locked in Engine's ecosystem. Engine has a little bit of a closed ecosystem when it comes to what they've done with ERC 1155s, but, uh, you know, things are starting to break out a little bit more with OpenSea and some other ones that incorporate it. But yeah, with like Rareable now and OpenSea and a couple other marketplaces, uh, it's expanded that, those those opportunities quite a bit, you know.
0: Certainly. And I've seen a lot of my friends uh, sort of make my friends in crypto sort of make leaps. Got a guy like Gary's uh, Troy Fitzpatrick is his handle. And a year ago, he could barely get a piece sold for 50 bucks. And now they're on super rare going for 5000. Yeah. And I'm like, you deserve this dude, like, you know, all the work that you've done, but it took a year for him to build that kind of attention. Um,
1: yeah. And, and if, your, if your work is good, I mean, you, you, like I said, just being steady, you know, keeping your branding consistent, engaging, creating pieces, you know, in a timely manner and just keep building it up like anything else, you know, but like I said, it, it is getting more and more saturated out there. So I do feel like it is a lot harder and harder to be known and recognized in, in that industry, even though it is still a tiny, small niche industry, you know, which is crazy to say that. Uh, to say, oh, it's so hard to be recognized. at The industry of probably maybe what ten thousand people, I would say, maybe,
0: maybe. I mean, that might be pushing it.
1: I know. Uh, that's uh-huh. uh, that's a very that's a very like generous estimate in my opinion. So you know, people who are collecting these things, who are in the in the scene of art, crypt, and I, I just you know, I, I think that it's 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 growing, and I think it's going to explode at more than what we've seen. Like we think right now, it's exploding. I mean, wait till really NFTs are hit hitting mainstream as we're seeing them now. I mean, Top Shots is a really great, you know, little like halftime peak of 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 what that could be. You know, if you if you don't NBA Top Shots, something I've been covering a lot of my channel and I've been I was in the closed beta, so since since before they went open to everybody, and it's really cool. I was like, ah, this is great. You know, I love this, and really got me interested back in baseball. I mean, in basketball again and stuff. And so uh, you know, now we're seeing the volume they're pushing getting a little taste of the people you know that are not crypto based people that are coming through and this is they just love what it is and that is the beauty of what we should be doing here with crypto is obfuscating all these crazy crypto you know kind of levels just making it cool and fun that people want to do better than what there is now uh, and give them a reasons to do it you know people love the rarity the fact that these drops are hard to get and you know they're, now they're trading for for hundreds of thousands of dollars some of the, these uh, latest moments and Once again, still only a few thousand people trading these things, but I mean, even that was enough to be like, dang, you know? And so we're going to see more and more people come in as more, uh, you know, uh, promoters of this, uh, you know, are are jumping on board. You know, we're seeing NBA players uh, jump on board with this and really liking it too. So So that's a little peak.
0: It is is a little peak and uh, it actually got me into it. I was, I'm a former card collector.
1: Oh, nice. Totally
0: understood the appeal, but I was never like a basketball fan. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, well, might as well jump in. Right. So I jumped in. Uh, what I loved about the project is that they've changed the nomenclature around NFTs. We've been yelling NFT, NFT, NFT. And people are like, I don't know what that means, but if you say digital collectible, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And what I like about that is, uh, you have a major, a major brand coming in and getting people a taste of what's happening in our space you know uh, I, made yeah. a, I made a i made a small investment in top shots and i've already 3x out of it oh yeah you know yeah it's like and that was within weeks like
1: right well uh, so my my top shot so i i was i was you know i was building a good collection and um in like mid-october they announced this uh, one of these drops and I was all fired up for it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going hard on this drop. I want, you know, everything. I want to get as much as I can of this drop. And then they were like, oh, sorry, we're delaying the drop. And they delayed it. I was like, no, I had everything ready. And then they didn't send out another email about the delay. And I guess maybe they just posted in Discord or something. And I missed it. And I was so pissed off. I was like, I cannot believe they did that. They know everyone was waiting for that drop. It was a big drop. Why would you not send another email out? Or, you know, and so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to see if I could just, how this marketplace is, if I can just cash out some of these cards. So I went through, and I started selling all of my rarer, like, lower mint cards, and I sold them for dirt cheap compared to what, I mean, they're going for me. I and mean, one of them I looked at, and I was like, man, I sold this card for, like, I think it was $3 at the time, and now it's worth, like, 4000 Uh, So, yeah, I, I mean
0: i that sold hurts. too early man
1: and, and, yeah hurts. i sold too early i didn't sell all of them luckily shit man luckily i didn't sell every single one but uh definitely sold too early and then even when the, the craze started popping off here in in december i, I wasn't really I, I was just i was off i wasn't really in doing crypto stuff i was kind of taking some time off and it exploded out from underneath me and i had so many opportunities to grab packs and things like that and i, I didn't you know and so i, I kind of regret that but there's, i, like I jumped said, in so many there's so many opportunities. It's hard. so many
0: opportunities, but that's the thing we are talking about in the space in general. Um, okay. If you miss out on top shots, fine. Maybe you got in on hash the hash masks right. or something yeah. like that. There are lots of opportunities to, to be involved. The hash masks. um, I didn't even know that that project existed until it was over.
1: Nobody did. Don't and worry. it was on the
0: secondary market. Like I didn't even had no clue.
1: No, it came out of nowhere. I had not, I didn't know about it uh, prior, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people really did. I had not heard of it. And then it kind of came out of nowhere and people were just like, oh, this is amazing. And, you know, dropping massive money on this. And that's what I'm saying. When you talk about this small ecosystem of people, how much money people are willing to drop in this industry. That's why I told my friend, I said, hey, uh, Dave, you got to get in on this, man. You know, I, 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 he's not a technical guy. That's a problem. He doesn't do technical anything, you know? And so he he just, he's like, yeah, you know he wouldn't do it by on his on his stuff, but i'm like you got to get in this man there's so much money there is and your art is great and some of the stuff i'm seeing here it sucks and it's still selling for big dollars it's like it's horrible uh, so you know if you have great art there's good opportunity i think
0: well that's the great thing about art it's um totally subjective yeah uh, yeah you know sure i mean i think that that's one of the things that trash art you know do you know anything about trash art
1: yeah 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 for sure man I, and you're right art is very subjective and and sure. you know, everyone has their own like oh i like this thing this is cool you know exactly finding yeah. your audience is all about that
0: totally and um i don't know where i was going with that it doesn't matter but uh i totally yeah i don't know well it's like one one's
1: man one man's trash is another man's trash art totally <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's how it goes. And that's life, uh, not just digitally, yes. but physically yeah. as well. You know, and, and that's uh that's one of the things I love about art as well. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's so fluid and different with every person. And, you know, hu- humans are that X factor of like, well, what does this do for you? You know, what did it do for the artist? I don't know, but is it going to be the same? Probably not. One of the things the same. that- Maybe some similar feelings, you know?
0: That's true. And uh, one of the things that- um. I find really interesting about life in general. And I think it, well, it, of course it'll apply here. Uh, you don't have to be the best at something to be the most successful. Yeah. You know, some of like the most technically advanced artists uh, just don't make the money because either they're not doing the work or that's not yeah. their, their gig, whatever. There's always this great opportunity. And I think for artists coming into the space, um, project creators coming into the space, we're so young, so early, like just get in and try it. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the my my biggest uh word of advice for not just the art community or nfts, but really in general is that whatever you're interested in, go find the community that surrounds that thing. Jump in that community, start talking, start making friends, talk to them in Telegram or Discord, wherever they may be, it's one of the two. <laughs> you know, in crypto, it's either they're in Telegram or they're in Discord. So start talking with those people, interact with them, follow them on Twitter you know, make friends and and, and create community. I mean, that's what I did. You know, when I, I first got started, I found some amazing friends that, you know, now I'm I'm gonna be friends with forever. You know, these are great people that I meet with all the time. And it sucks now because we can't talk with each other. But usually I would see they're, they're mostly creators, you know, like myself, you know, people who are in the industry and do similar things. And we would always meet at conferences. And, you know, some of them live here local, and we meet up all the time. And we have our own little group and stuff. But yeah, it's one of those things where you, community has been the biggest driver of, of, I think, my success and and enjoyment of the industry, really, and is just finding great community.
0: It's totally how I found my my path in, um, just sort of like tinkering around. Then you start finding people you're connecting with. Yeah. Unfortunately, I really got deeply involved in it when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So missed out on a lot of opportunities to meet people in person. But that being yeah. said, um, it sort of really gave me an opportunity to sort of connect with people differently and Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. this podcast is a manifestation of wanting to have one-on-one conversation with people and missing sort of like that connection that you can get at a conference or even out having grabbing coffee with somebody in new york yeah you know it just you know so you know we'll see where it goes but (laughs) what's that
1: no i understand yeah that that makes total sense you know i mean that's that's uh, that's that's you know we we do what we can in this time you know the conferences are great i if if you get a chance once things kind of go back to you know being oh, semi-normal yeah. like definitely recommend that's always fun going there meeting you know, people face-to-face in the industry and once again it helps to create that community you know meeting someone face-to-face is like worth 10 digital conversations i think you know
0: totally yeah it really is um what do you what sort of things are you looking forward to next in crypto
1: well, uh, me personally, you know, I have some projects that I'm, uh, I'm trying to work on here and, and, um, you know, kind of put out for the community. So kind of some of those things, looking forward to creating some more NFTs. I'm creating kind of like a mini game around my secret agent Stash show that I have on Thursdays. So it's a themed show. It's all like I'm a secret agent. I put different disguises on every week and we play different games. It's really cool. You got to go check it out. It's, it's, me, me explaining it is like, oh, that's kind of cool. But when you actually see it you're like, oh, hi, man, that's awesome. So I'm uh, going to be working more on that, some NFTs to kind of support that show with kind of a little bit of a mini game there and things to help support it um, here over the next uh, couple of weeks. And I don't know, a bit long-term, uh, I, like I said, I'm really trying to merge some more of my, my, my web design business with crypto ideas and helping more people out with crypto based stuff and blockchain development. So.
0: Are you still doing a lot of blockchain education?
1: Um, not, I mean, not the physical stuff. So I used to do a lot of in-person stuff. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, I used to do a lot of in-person stuff and that really slowed down uh, pretty significantly. You know, in particular, I was doing really well advertising it on Facebook and getting people in my hometown to come do it. And then Facebook did a bunch of bans on crypto and that really kind of cut into that. You know, I, I, I try to keep it up and, you know, I was doing it more infrequent and less and less people wanted to, to really jump on board. And so, um, I haven't been doing as many in-person classes, but I still do a meetup group uh, every month. It was a physical in-person meetup group in Long Beach. And so that kind of took that, that place, whereas it wasn't like a paid course. You know, we we just have a meetup every week and we, you know, we take questions, things like that, have different topics we talk about, but it's basically local support group <laughs> you know, for crypto addicts, right?
0: Do you, is there, do you think there's an opportunity in a space for sort of onboarding in the NFT, in the NFT world? Uh, sorry, education for onboarding in the NFT sort of world.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely part of what I'm trying to do is, is, you know, help educate onboard people. That is specifically what that Thursday show, live stream show is about on Theta, uh, Secret Agent Stash show, it, you know, I talk about blockchain gaming, what it means, you know, why you want to get on board, And then we play a game and I tell you all about the game, where the features are, how you can make money doing it. And so that's, and you can go back and see all these different episodes. If you're like, hey man, I wanna play video games and earn money and just do that. Like here, there's, I have 25 episodes that you can go back and see all these different games that I've played and where you could do that in and kind of everything about them. So uh, definitely I'm out there trying to champion NFTs in real world, you know, ways. I really do feel like gamers are very uh, well-situated to be the kind of like real mainstream catalyst are already very comfortable digital assets, uh, trading them, things like that, valuing things digitally. And it's just a matter of time, I'm telling you, before some massive game studio announces that they're going to be using blockchain or crypto or something of that nature. Just like we're all waiting around, waiting around, and we kind of know something's up. And then Elon's like, hey, we bought Bitcoin, guys. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be some studio where we're going to be waiting around and then some, like blizzard's going to come out and they're going to be like hey we made a blockchain game and it's you know you can use it in this thing in our latest upcoming whatever and uh, i think we're going to get there sooner than people think
0: i see my eight-year-old nephew and he plays games like uh, roblox um, oh yeah daughter loves roblox Big, yeah yeah huge. and they instantly understand digital assets instantly. of course Yeah. Uh, And I I was like, this is the generation. This is the digital asset generation right here in front of me. Yeah. I'm not even going to have to explain to them how it works and why it's valuable. They'll just get it.
1: They they already get it. They're already doing it. They already totally get it. And, you know, yeah, Roblox was like a crypto-based platform. I mean, massive. And that's kind of what we've seen some of those projects here in crypto. You know, if you're familiar, like uh, the Sandbox, Decentraland, Cryptovoxel, Somnium Space, a couple other ones. But I got a plot one.
0: in, in CryptoVoxels. I don't know yeah. what to do with it, but it's there. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So they, right, we're very early. There's not a lot you can do in a lot of these things, but you can build and kind of create some experiences. And, you know, like Decentraland's had their builder out for a while and there's some pretty cool experiences in Decentraland already. It's massive though, Decentraland. Uh, Sandbox, they're, they're doing more of a stage rollout. So, uh, you know, it won't be so crazy big, but there'll be lots of curated experiences to start and they're going to roll out. Uh, UGC user generated content uh, a little bit of a time but uh very similar to kind of how Roblox is and this, you know different games and things and uh, you know but uh, yeah the digital value thing I think people you know gamers get it and you're right that that the upcoming generation uh, definitely gets it and that's that's really what I'm banking on you know I'm in this industry as a long-term investor I'm not a day trader I don't sit in front of my computer 14 hours a day like trying to flip you know these crazy shit coins I don't I don't I don't want to do that, man. That sucks. You know, I'm a creative guy, so I like to do creative things. Uh, so you know, my, that's why my main things are like long term. I'm all about stashing, stashing that crypto, man. It's my main thing. People know this; they see it. It's my tagline. If you ever watch my videos, it's the, I say at the end of every video. It's on the end of every article I write. Uh, I have I have stickers with my face that say "stash that crypto, friends." I mean, it just, uh, so yeah, so I'm all about that long-term investing and, and hodling your crypto and good ways to do that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's what I would really focus on, you know, these days.
0: I've got one, one more question for you. Um, AR and VR. I have a theory that AR is going, I mean, VR is going to be a small blip and then AR is just going to sort of take it over. Um, Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is I think the application for AR is more um, will become more used more for general public where VR might be used more in a professional setting but Mm -hmm. I'm curious about what your thoughts are about AR and VR in the crypto space
1: yeah I mean in general they're both kind of fledgling technologies I would say I'm a fan of both I mean I I got it's not right here I have my Oculus uh, right here the Quest I I I have a Quest original Quest and I was pissed because I bought only a few months before they announced Quest 2 man I was like uh, but you know, but seeing but seeing early VR and then what's available now, I mean, it's come leaps and bounds, man. I played uh, Half Life Alex, that game is amazing as far as a VR experience goes, or like uh, Vader Immortal, also amazing. Huge Star Wars fan, so you, you they got me right there, you know. Uh, but I think VR is doing really good with with how it's it's progressing. I think that we're just the hardware is still not there yet. You know, when we can get into like haptic gloves and you know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're at like Ready Player One VR. Ready
0: Player One, yeah.
1: So things are lightweight. You don't have gigantic headsets on your head. Like I just want a visor like the same I have when I go snowboarding. I just want to look just like that and be that comfortable, but have the screen and everything there. Just like, I mean, that's that's what we want. So when we get there, I think it'll be a little more mainstream. I think right now it'll still be more of an edge technology. There'll be some cool experiences. Uh, AR, yeah, it definitely has, uh, you know, more potential, but then once again, it's still very device limited. And that's the problem with both technologies. They're they're very hardware limited. With AR, you know, it, there's a little more accessibility because you can do it on your smartphone, but that limits experience in a lot of ways too, because it's, you, all you got is this little screen, you're like, and I've done an AR things that, you know, Oh, cool! I made my own personal guy, and I dress him in NFT clothes, and now he's there on the screen, and I can take screenshots with him, and he's in cool locations. So there's starting to be some things you can do with AR that are fun, but I still think it's kind of limiting in the way that we use our devices for AR to really take off. Now, if we were, if, if the 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 device type we use changed to be something like a Google Glass or something that could that could display a holographic display, right? something holographically, uh, that I think would would really, that would take off. You know, I having think that's unlimited weird. holographic displays in front of you, that would be massive. And that that's where AR technology could really come in. Uh, but, you know, for other things too, I mean, I think you're right. I think we'd see more specific technologies where it's it's confined to more commercial things. So same thing for VR. I think we'll see more high-end stuff like that. You know, you think about like uh, having a, a cyclist, like a professional cyclist wearing VR, like AR glasses, right? That give him a bunch of data about the road, about the cyclists around him, about his speed, about wind speed, about things like that, right? So I think we may see more of those types of things and more specific applications, but entertainment wise, you know, and general everyday use, I don't see them, you know, making that big of an impact here over the next five years, really.
0: I Do want it. I want them to. <laughs> I want it to, man. Oh, I, I want them to, too. too. Yeah, you know, I I, I think it's to, I think you're right it's totally device restrictive when I think about the leap from VR to AR I think once VR devices sort of prove what you can do and become small enough light enough to use they'll mm. start to transition to a point where we have heads-up displays you know and I'm walking around in you know my AR in the real world with my AR glasses and you don't yeah. even know that right. you know you don't even know you can't even tell that it's the the real thick stem from the the Google. Uh, oh my God, those Google right. glasses were awful.
1: Yeah, and, well, that's what I'm saying. And, and you know, the hardware is a big part of that, right? It is. I want to yeah. be able to do those functions, but I don't want to wear big, bulky, shitty-looking glasses on my face. Either give me something else that that does it, or 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 connect with glasses designers and make the technology fit in some Ray Bans. You know what I'm saying? So it just really, once again, it comes down to hardware and what you got to do. If you're doing something like that, AR, it has to be fashion forward. People are wearing that shit on their face, man. It, it has to look cool. It can't be, you know, it's the same thing with smartphones. We got to the point where they all kind of look exactly the damn same. They work differently a little bit, but they'll look pretty much the same. And then when we get into the next generation of devices, it's probably going to be wearables. You know, we're already starting to see more and more people doing smartwatches and things like that. But I don't know what's going to be the main one, you know, maybe like a little earpiece or Maybe it's a necklace, uh, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's an earring. Maybe it's. I don't know, man. There's, there's. Uh, maybe it's straight cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You just implant directly into to your uh, into your brain, man, and you can just, you know. Boop, boop, boop.
0: I mean, that stuff would be awesome. I mean, not the brain implants, but I'll take I'll take some uh, some necklace or earrings, and maybe they all work together, right? To something, yeah. A, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, something c- on your wash
1: right yeah there there, there could be a connectivity there you know it, if you look at like the movie ready player one they they had like a, a like one part of the whole setup is you have a, a neck thing that you put on it's kind of like a collar right that puts the, that as essentially projecting the thing uh, up in there you know into your face and i don't know it's interesting so there, there's there's solutions and things out there i think but we're just not there yet with some of those texts
0: the thing with phones um is we got to a point where you're right uh hardware wise they're all the same software wise they pretty much do the same thing so now what you're buying into is ecosystem yeah right does my iphone work with my ipad work with my macbook work with my tv work with my you know right and uh we're not there yet with ar and vr but that will eventually become part of the experience
1: mm-hmm. fluid
0: fluid yeah exactly um well thank you we've got about an hour in i don't want to take up too much of your time uh i really appreciate you taking the time and chat with me today i really love the insight that you had uh on personal branding and sort of like what new artists can do to come into the space i think that's something that they're going to take away from this and really uh listen to thank you
1: yeah no problem it's fun great talk i appreciate it